0: She's like, I don't even know conviviality.
1: Just say the friendliness. (laughs) The friendliness of a Kiwanis Club.
0: Here's a love that can blow you to bits, turn you inside out. No wonder we tiptoe around this presence, turn our churches into carpeted bedrooms, fearful that we might awaken this one. We transform our worship into the back-slapping conviviality of a Kiwanis Club meeting. Everybody smiling, reassuring one another that this is only church, only Sunday, only God. Nothing over which to be alarmed. Isaiah knew better, and in our better moments, we know better. To stand in the presence of God is to be brought to your knees. Holy, holy, holy is followed by, mourn for me, I am ruined. This is uh, Bishop Will Willimon, and I love what he had to say about the Isaiah text. Hey everybody, we're going to talk about that. My name is JP.
1: And I'm Diana, and you're listening to another Sacred Commons Podcast Lectionary Musings Edition.
0: I think we should call this podcast Ruined by God. (laughs) (laughs) In the best way. You want to know how God's really at work in your life when you feel like he's messing everything up. His best work is when you get... It's when you have that Isaiah experience and you say, woe is me, and you have that Peter experience. Leave me, Lord.
1: I don't know if it's because I grew up in the 90s, but whenever I hear that, I always think I remember,
0: whoa. Oh my God. (laughs) I had to think about it for a second. Joey Lawrence. (laughs) Oh man, you just ruined Isaiah for me. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah, I could I could see that. Now every time I read any of the woes, whether it's <laughs> Isaiah or Jesus, <laughs> you to <gonna>
1: hear "Whoa!"
0: <laughs> oh, you just messed that up for me.
1: Sorry. Ruined.
0: Ruined by God, allowing God to wreck our ideas about God. Right. Mm-hmm. So I guess we should start by giving people reference to the actual text.
1: I saw the Lord sitting. On the throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings, with two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called. And the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts.
0: And then, just so that we don't have to go to it later, give us the gospel text and just the part that kind of resonates with Isaiah.
1: So this is from Luke 5. This is right after that um, both boats were full of fish till they sank or till they began to sink. And he said, but when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus's knees saying, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish they had taken in.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So basically what had just happened here is Jesus tells them to, you know, go back out in fish again and Peters like listen Jesus we appreciate your uh encouragement for us to fish more but we know this lake we have fished here all night we're not catching anything man mm-hmm. and he's like just launch out into the deep do what i tell you and of course they they catch fish everyone knows that story you learn it in Sunday school let's get to what we're going to talk about here real quickly and why this is so revolutionary compared to what we've been conditioned to think about when God does a work in your life or when God's moving in your life or calling you in your life. Most of the time when I was growing up if if something was happening in someone's life that was making everything come together we would give God glory for that and mm-hmm. say God's at work in their life. Everything is now clicking, all pistons are firing. God's at work in their life, right? Like, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Mm -hmm. And this is the fruit of God's work in my life. And I'm not saying that that that's not true. But usually we define his presence as things making sense, and I'm on a spiritual high. God's at work in my life. And we would hear testimonies, and people would say, oh, yeah, brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so, they're just really in love with Jesus right now. Mm -hmm. And... God's really just doing a work in his life, right? You grew up hearing that too. Mm -hmm. And this text kind of pushes back on that idea that a true encounter with the living God does not necessarily leave us on a spiritual high, but it often induces doubt and spurs us on to question everything that we once assumed, and it actually takes your certitude, Peter says, "We fished here all night. We're certain that we're not going to catch anymore." It takes your certitude and wrecks it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when you feel wrecked, Isaiah, woe is me. And when you feel like Peter, leave me, Lord. Yeah, that's when God's at work in your life.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that there's a the feeling of God doing a work in your life. The feeling is a get away from me, woe feeling. It's not a oh, this is great, this, mm-hmm. you know. That's what I think is interesting in all these texts. There's like a very similar thread through all of them.
0: Yeah, vocation mm-hmm. and then the the feeling of no way. Like, I can't do mm-hmm. this. Uh,
1: yeah, inadequacy. Well, inadequacy, things. yep. Mm-hmm.
0: I also think, though, that the Bible balances out the Bible. Mm-hmm. And you see the psalmist say, like, in your presence there is fullness of joy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes... <laughs> <laughs> You know, and then in other times it's like, woe is me. Woe is me. And that's how, that's how a good God is. Mm -hmm. Because if all we had were the fullness of joy moments and we didn't have the woe is me, then it would probably lead us to a life where worship would be impossible Mm -hmm. because worship requires the other. Right. I I will not worship something that I feel like I've mastered Yeah. or I've learned and I've shelved it. We can only worship that which is other, holy in other words. And so it requires that. So the woe, woe is me moments of our life are the best moments because they absolutely shape and form us in terms of our worship life and the way we respond to God and yeah. the way we can draw in or maybe sometimes even back away in numinous awe. You know, it's
1: part of the process. It's part of. The I process. think Isaiah he did get to here I am send me right. Yep. And but that's Simon, God's action, right? And Simon Peter did become a disciple and leave fishing and follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it's it gets there, but along the way is the woe is me and get away from me.
0: Yeah, and I, I actually think we always need to keep that woe is me part because William Mon talks about this in his work. We need to ponder the gap right. between us and mm-hmm. God, and we need to realize that this God will not be domesticated and the minute you domesticate God, you're not worshiping God anymore, which I think really offers a critique of modern contemporary perspectives found within the life of worship. Much of what I see within that culture is the opposite of woe is me. It's the opposite of humility. It's actually more relational familial comforting father god you know like we just we draw into your presence (laughs) (laughs) that was really good (laughs) you know it's that sort of like right sentimentality yeah Yeah. that's what I'm looking for and this is the opposite of sentimentality Mm -hmm. this is and I think we need to make more room for that that numinous awe within worship so going on here allowing god to wreck us Mm -hmm. allowing god to ruin us is the best thing that can probably happen because what is god if not different than us who is god if not holy In other words, I I really think God should rock our assumptions about everything, especially our thoughts about God himself. And you see this idea in both texts, in the Isaiah text and in the Luke text, that God is revealed, and in that revelation, their certitude is absolutely ruined. Mm -hmm. Their defenses crumble, their pretensions become nothing. And both of them, Peter and Isaiah, have that similar reaction of leave me, woe is me. And I think what that tells us is that when God's revelation, when his new manifestation becomes a repellent to your certitude, you know that God is at work in your life. That's actually when you know. When that stuff starts to get messed with, you're in a good place. Your career might not be. (laughs) If you're a pastor, your pastoral position might not be. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have their security attached to yours. They don't want to hear pastors say, woe is me. I'm I'm thinking of people like Brian Zond. I mean, that's what his whole book, Water to Wine, is about.
1: Mm. We endorse all things by Brian Zond. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Isaiah says, "Um, I am totally not cut for this. But here's the redemptive part. The coal comes. The seraph takes mm-hmm. the coal. It's basically God coming and saying, I'll, I'll give you grace for this, right? Mm-hmm. Touches his lips. And and Jesus lovingly restores Peter. So to redeem this, I don't think the answer is, okay, God does, reveals something and wrecks you. End of story. Good night. I don't think that's where it ends, right? Right. It doesn't end there in right. the text. Mm-hmm. It doesn't end with just, woe is me and I'm a sinner and leave me. First of all, no one challenges that idea. Like Jesus doesn't pick Peter up and say, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. He keeps that distinction there.
1: He just tells them, don't be afraid.
0: Right. And so the question is, if we know that we're going to constantly be undone by God in the best way, and we're going to have new ideas And we're going to lose some ideas. We're going to flat out say, yeah, I was wrong about that. Then what's the point of these texts? I think what we take away from this is humility. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that you don't dare speak anything about God.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that we also can't be afraid of what God is doing in our lives and through us. And yeah, we might then have to have this position of humility because we maybe don't have the certitude that we once had, but sometimes you have to let go of those things and not be afraid of what lies ahead, even if you don't know what that thing is.
0: Mm -hmm. So the right response to God is to realize that his love and his grace, his compassion, his own self giving is still there to touch your lips, to call you, mm-hmm. to stand you back up right. and say, no, it's going to be all right. Yeah, right. I'm mm-hmm. with you in this, but I think we, those of us who are not God, recognize that from this moment on, I think I heard it said by Dr. Green, I want to make you known, and yet I know I'll never be able to make you fully known. Fasten et tremendum. Numinous awe. This sort of uh, humility that comes from viewing God rightly. Knowing that I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to struggle through it. Kind of like every time we have to get up to preach or sit behind these microphones to do a podcast, we're talking about something that we know someone that we know we'll never be able to fully articulate. We're going to struggle through this. We're going to trip over our words. We're going to say probably (laughs) many things wrongly. Mm -hmm. And yet here I am. Lord send me. I'm still willing to do it.
1: Yeah. I think we're so afraid of being wrong that we don't want to keep going. So we... We kind of throw in the towel. Instead of being okay with being wrong sometimes, that's okay. Don't be afraid of that.
0: That's a part of it. It's a struggle to talk about God. We've been so conditioned to be right. Your programming from a child to this point has been to make sure that you are right. Good be- Right behavior is rewarded. Wrong behavior is punished. Mm-hmm. You go to kindergarten, first grade. Second grade, if you do well in your works, that's rewarded. If you don't do well in your works, that's not rewarded. I, I won't say it's punished, mm-hmm. but it's not rewarded. And then you, you go into elementary school. You get good grades. Good grades meaning you got everything right on your tests. Bad grades, you didn't get very many things right, right? All the way up into high school, how'd you do on your SATs? Did you get your answers right? Everything's about being right. You go to college, it's about being right. Passing the test, getting the grades, you go into the workplace, it's all about being right. Promotions, because you did things right. And then even in sports and competitiveness, like you win a game because you had the right game plan with the right talent, making the right plays. Everything in this world is there to tell you that your worth is completely hinged upon you being right. Mm -hmm. And yet, when you deal with this, infinite wonder that is god good luck being right all the time or at all (laughs) or at all we're
1: probably missing things on so many levels
0: which is why things like fundamentalism uh haven't we been talking about this for a while now Mm -hmm. and you got groups of people who find their identity and their security on this false assumption that they're right us versus them right versus wrong that duality that exists there. Mm -hmm. I think what they need is they need an Isaiah moment. They need a Peter moment where God wrecks them and ruins them in the best way. Yeah. That is the very thing that will, what are the machines that make the earth soft so that things can grow?
1: Oh, like a rototiller?
0: Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) I grew up in a farm community. I probably lost points with that. But yeah, like a rototiller, like this, this is the very thing that will make that ground soft in your heart and let worship grow.
1: Mm. Oh, that's good. Yeah.
0: But you have to have that undoing. Yeah. Right? I actually think that that uncertainty and the when God ruins you and wrecks you and that humility that comes from that, it's the very ground. That will allow God's grace and even miraculous things to grow. Jesus could not function metaphysically in Nazareth because everybody was familiar with him, mm-hmm. and they had a lot of presumptions about him. Yeah, it appears that wonder and mystery, not certainty, actually bear the fruit of the miraculous. Wonder and mystery, right? right. Certitude is the fastest way to shut that down.
1: Which I think that the the Luke text today talk, would speak to that with the fishing. And they, they knew the shallow water, that's where you fish. And that certitude was broken. Very good. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So it's when the certitude is broken that the miraculous happens. Mm-hmm. I wish we could get that. <laughs> I mean, I, you know what? I laugh, but it, I've, I've had a lot of painful moments where people I've had people come up to me. This is no joke. And they, they have said things to me like, if, if I get healed, it's because of my faith. If I don't get healed, it's because I didn't have enough faith. They connect their certitude to, to their healing. And it just hurts my heart because that's not faith. Faith is simply trust yeah putting trust in the goodness of god not this sort of transactional i'm going to reach a critical mass of certitude Mm -hmm. then god has to act on it that's faith in faith that's faith in your own faith and i'm pretty sure that's the opposite of faith in god so a couple of things on our way out these are good points that i have in my notes here i'm assuming from dr green If it's good, it's got to be from him. But he talks about how uh, that Augustinian idea of what we are to use versus what we are to enjoy. And if you ever get the two confused, you'll start abusing the things you were meant to enjoy by using them. And you'll start abusing the things you were meant to use by enjoying them. A good example would be people. We were never meant to use people. You start to use people instead of enjoying people, you'll abuse people and material things like money. We were never meant to enjoy these things. we were meant to just use them. Mm-hmm. And the minute you start confusing what to use versus what to enjoy, an abusive relationship will start to creep its way in. And that's the same thing for God. God was never meant to be used. He was meant to be enjoyed in wonder, in awe, in humility. But the minute you feel like I got a relationship with God that's transactional, I remember, I mean, this is horrible, but I'm not trying to shame anyone who sings these type of of songs at their church, but I remember the presence of the Lord is here, Mm -hmm. right? And the hook of the song, I can feel the presence of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to get, it's this very, it's this, Transaction. My, right My blessing. My blessing. And it's I'm saying what I'm getting yeah. and when I'm getting it.
1: I can remember being in services and we would be told to write on the envelope our mm, offering envelope. Transaction. Yeah, it was like literally a transaction.
0: I just you know, I again I'm I'm trying to be sensitive because I never want I, first of all, I like the song. <laughs> and I like the beat, I like the rhythm. And I even think that there's something encouraging for people who come from a very broken place. And that's the song you needed to hear in the moment. It's better than an earth, wind, and fire song, whatever. (laughs) So it's cool, right? Or maybe not. Maybe earth, wind, and fire is the better song. Do you remember? Anyways, so I I am not trying to shame anybody, but I I don't think that that is necessarily the most faithful perspective. I think a more faithful perspective would be, I can feel the presence of the Lord and woe is me. Yeah. (laughs)
1: All that to say, God will wreck you.
0: <laughs> Let God ruin you for a little bit, right? Because that's really what you need. If you want to see the miraculous, if you want to see this gracious bloom.
1: Yeah. Don't be afraid.
0: Then allow God to take your certitude and put it through his, is it rototiller? Mm-hmm. Put it through his rototiller because Nazareth needs to be ground up. Mm-hmm. Into the fruitful soil found on the shores of Galilee.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's good. (laughs) I don't know. That's good.
0: I sounded like a televangelist right there. Yeah. I sounded like I'm on a TBN hour. But yeah, like Nazareth needs to be ground up. And and you need to have that Isaiah moment where you say, well, that Peter moment, it's not a bad thing. It shows that humility is taking a hold of you. And that's when God can do his best work. So don't confuse what you are to use versus what you are to enjoy. Allow humility to grow so that your worship may flourish Mm -hmm. because you won't worship what you believe yourself to have mastered. And then just watch what God can do with that humility. A broken heart and a contrite spirit he has yet to deny. Um, And this frees us from our need of being right, And when we're freed from the need to be right is when worship can just completely grow and saturate our lives. Finish with a quote, John of the Cross, he said, God refuses to be known, but can only be loved. Mm -hmm. And I like the idea of that. I do think God is known in Christ. No one would argue that. Mm -hmm. But Paul would chime in here and say, for now, we see through a glass that's kind of dimly mm-hmm. opaque. But at least we can kind of see. Yeah. Tell you what we know, God is love. Yeah. All right, that's enough. <laughs> enough musings. Any announcements that we want to encourage people to check out? Like, for example, we have Trip Fuller coming Yeah. this weekend, September the 16th and 17th, but we're really pushing the 17th. But if you're interested... Come February. On the 16th. Oh yeah, this is the month of February, 2019.
1: Were you thinking Earth, Wind, and Fire? Do they sing September? Saying September?
0: I said September? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking Earth, Wind, and Fire still. It was on my mind. <laughs> it's okay. February 17th. <laughs> it's this weekend. It's in September. <laughs> 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 um, Trip Fuller is a... PhD in theology and religion. Mm -hmm. He's coming to talk about science and religion and how we can maintain our intellectual integrity and still have faith. They're going to be having a live podcast at Westside Bowl in Youngstown, Ohio, on Mahoning Avenue. We are really stoked to be a sponsor for that and to be a part of this, along with St. John's Episcopal Church, And we're going to listen as Dr. Walker talks to Dr. Fuller and ask questions and hopefully have our our imagination stirred, eat pizza, go bowling, have a good time. Na, 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 gonna have a good time. You don't know what that is, do you?
1: Yes, that's, um, that Albert. Nice. Good job. (laughs) Yes, I did watch TV you did
0: you are you got your 80s kids uh credit whoa (laughs) please stop saying that why don't you end it for us
1: okay so just to close out our podcast we just like to thank you for listening and supporting this podcast and if you're ever in the youngstown area if you're from youngstown We'd love for you to join us at our service. We worship in the chapel of St. John's Episcopal Church, and it is at 4 o'clock on Saturdays. It's in the afternoon, so you still have plenty of time to go out and eat dinner, and you don't have to worry about waking up early in the morning to go to church because it's in the afternoon. So come check us out.
0: And we realize that many people will actually investigate us first. It takes seven touches before they actually will move on something, so... Hurry up and get seven touches in and then come.
1: Maybe these are seven virtual
0: touches. That's what I'm saying. Have you
1: listened to seven podcasts?
0: After your seventh (laughs) podcast, we are expecting you.
1: Coming to trip Fuller counts as one.
0: Come on. We have a lot of things that happen outside of a traditional church setting. And if that's easier for you, we get it. Come to that. We have common ground this week. So, this we is a,
1: also have a book club that we're going to be starting. And shh, that's it's a secret. Oh, well, it's on our website. So,
0: I know, but this is a whisper campaign. Okay.
1: Well, we do that on Zoom. So, that's virtual. It's a secret. That counts as a touch.
0: That is a touch. These are all touches. Book club <laughs> is a touch. Check us out on YouTube. We do vlogs. Mm -hmm. I do vlogs.
1: JP does vlogs. I make cameos in the vlogs. Yeah, there's cameos.
0: The children make a cameo every once in a while. Diana makes a cameo.
1: Maddie did a vlog. We'll have to share that at some point. Her her
0: vlog was cute. Mm -hmm. It was really cute. But we would absolutely love for you to come and join us at the Sacred Commons. We are a convergent church. What is a convergent church?
1: Convergent church is streams coming together.
0: What are the streams that come together?
1: We are evangelical, we are charismatic, and we are sacramental.
0: Evangelical in the best sense, not in the homogenous cultural sense, but in the sense that we believe that God's love is so radically relentless that it's good news for everybody. Mm -hmm. And we got to share that good news.
1: Share the love.
0: We are sacramental in that we believe that God still acts within the world Mm -hmm. and that He still gives his divine energies to ordinary, everyday things Mm -hmm. like bread and wine and oil and water. Which we celebrate
1: all of this every week.
0: We do. And then we are humbly charismatic Pentecostal in that we believe the spirit is still moving in the world. And we think that there's charismatics in every stream of the church. Yes. They're everywhere.
1: Everyone's welcome.
0: Everyone's welcome atheists agnostics uh, doubters bring your questions we have the same ones mm-hmm.
1: um, we do not have all the answers though, we don't so have sorry all the answers.
0: about that Nope. <laughs> you gotta go to a Baptist church for that
1: <laughs> we welcome the questioners but don't expect answers
0: <laughs> we welcome doubting Baptists
1: <laughs> you could just ask Alexa
0: Alexa has all the answers that's it <laughs> Yes.
1: Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody.
0: Okay, we're closing it. Yes, (laughs) thank you. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Diana's looking at the clock. She's like, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Hopefully something in this podcast was, I don't want to use this word, but I'm going to use it helpful. And I really don't want to use this word, but I'm going to use it and useful. Oh, boy. (laughs) But we hope that this is somehow beneficial to you. And we don't take it lightly that you would take 30-40 minutes of your day and listen to us so thank you for listening if you want to help us out in this project called the Sacred Commons if you want to partner with us we consider you a part of the Sacred Commons when you partner you're a part of it and you can do that by going to our website thesacredcommons.com just click on give every single penny helps us continue to do this work and we just want to say thank you and thank you even if you just listen and maybe send a prayer It's not like Hulk Hogan, send a prayer up to the (laughs) man upstairs. What the heck is that? And and pray for us. Yeah. (laughs) You know, pray that God continues to give us grace to keep doing this. Mm -hmm. It's not easy, but we see mercy after mercy and grace after grace. And we're thankful to be doing this. And that's it.
1: Thanks, everyone.
0: Peace. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.